0: Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the table at a dance competition? Exactly what are the judges looking for anyway? This is Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Each week we'll cover a different topic related to the world of competitive dance from the perspective of the judges behind the table. It's time to go on a journey around the world for our next studio spotlight with Dance Force Australia. Owner and director Nicole Wells takes time out of her busy schedule to give us the scoop on her incredible studio that offers some unique programming that you can only find in Australia. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's
1: episode of Making the Impact. I'm your host, Courtney Ortiz, and I'm here with my co-host, Leslie Mueller.
0: Hey, Courtney. We are going down under today.
1: Oh, my gosh, we are. We have our next international studio spotlight. And our second studio spotlight of season five. I'm so pumped about it because it's just so fun to learn about the dance world from all over the world.
0: (laughs) Yes. And that was a terrible Australian accent. So sorry, (laughs) Australia. But yes, we are super stoked to meet um, the owner of a wonderful studio down in Australia who's taking some time out of her busy schedule to tell us all about her studio. And I just can't wait.
1: Yeah, I... I've been admiring a lot of studios on Instagram uh, that are from Australia, and I have Mm. a lot of friends in the professional dance world that have come from the Australian dance scene. And oh my goodness, they are all so wildly talented. I mean, whatever, Whatever they're doing over there in Australia, they're doing something right. So we knew we had to have an Australian studio spotlight on our podcast so we can hear exactly what's in the water over there in Australia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are excited. So yeah, um, thank you to our wonderful guests who we'll get to meet momentarily. But before then, I think Courtney, you have a little something to share. Yeah, I want to just remind all of our
1: fabulous listeners out there that over here at Impact Dance Adjudicators, we have a service called IDA's Online Judges Critiques. And guess what? The time is now. It is online critique season, y'all. It is time to send those dances over to our fabulous IDA judges at, at Impact Dance Adjudicators. And you can send in a rehearsal video. You can send in a competition video if you've happened to compete already. You can send a work in progress. You can truly send us anything you'd like. And one of our judges will be able to provide you with some constructive feedback before you hit the stage or before you hit the stage again this season. So it's such a popular service that we have at IDA. So many customers love it. We had actually, I think, not including our bulk orders, we had over 500 online critiques from last season. So y'all have been wow. keeping our judges super busy. Leslie is an online critique judge, so you might get
0: her as a yeah. a judge. <laughs> I think I probably did like 75 of those. So you probably did.
1: (laughs) You did. And our judges absolutely love seeing dancers from around the world in through these online critiques. It's such a great, valuable platform that we've created. So if you're looking to get some extra feedback before you hit the stage, send your video over to us. You can learn more on our website at impactdanceadjudicators.com slash online critiques. Critiques start at only $35. You can get 24-hour rush delivery. You can request for a genre-specific judge that specializes in your submitted genre. And you can even add additional feedback where your judge will go back through your dance from beginning to end and pause the video to elaborate in further detail. Don't miss out on our online critique service. And we hope to see your dances soon. And we can't forget our fabulous sponsors that we want to hear from. And let's hear from our season five premiere sponsor, Francisco Gella Danceworks. Calling all minis. Do you have a dancer between the ages of 7 to 10 who loves to dance? Are you looking for additional training intensives for your mini? Then you'll definitely want to attend Francisco Gala Dance Works Mini Mania. The Mini Mania dance intensive will give young dancers a head start by providing the necessary tools to understand the fundamentals of training from a technical and artistic capacity. Dancers will participate in a variety of classes throughout the intensive, like ballet, jazz, hip hop, musicality courses, dance history and modern dance foundations and parents also have a chance to jump in on the fun with informative seminars and class observation opportunities to watch your tiny dancers blossom through their love of dance choose your coast and join francisco gela and faculty at one of their mini mania intensives this season mini mania west is taking place in los angeles california from march 1st through the 3rd 2024 and mini mania east is taking place in miami florida from May 31st through June 2nd, 2024. Class sizes are limited to only 35 dancers for a personalized experience, and all interested dancers must submit an audition to be considered. Deadlines are coming up quick, so head to their website now to learn more about this exciting intensive for your dancers. Thank you to Francisco Gala Danceworks for being our Season 5 Premier Sponsor. All right, listeners, it's time to jump into this week's episode and our next studio spotlight of season five, and we're going international, y'all. I'm so excited to learn all about the Australian dance studio scene, and we have such a fantastic studio that is here. I've been following them on Instagram, admiring the work that they're doing all the way over in Australia. They also came highly recommended from a friend of mine, Sean, who was on a previous episode. He's actually had the opportunity to audition the dancers in person. And he immediately came back to me and said, Courtney, you have to have this studio on for a studio spotlight because what they're doing over there in Australia is unbelievable with their dancers. And I was like, great, can't wait to do it. Let's make it happen. So I'm so excited to have our very first Australian studio here with us today. And we have the studio owner and director, Nicole Wells, joining us from Dance Force Australia. Welcome,
2: Nicole. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be
1: here. Yes. And I know that it's, uh, it's morning for you on a Friday. Yes, it and is. It's 10. it's tennis. evening <laughs> for us over here in New York City. And we somehow made it work with all the time differences. So go us. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicole, I can't wait to learn all about you. And uh, before we ju- just dive into learning about your studio, why don't you tell the world out there in podcast land a little bit more about you, what your early dance training was like, if you're have always, if you born and raised in Australia, I'm assuming you are, and how you kind of broke into studio ownership.
2: I grew up in a really small town in Australia and just trained at a local dance school. And then I moved to the Gold Coast in my early teenage years and just kept training in all styles there, started doing corporate work. And then I ended up auditioning for a Vegas show in my early 20s so that took me to America and I stayed there in my early 20s and I thought I was just going to go home visit my family go home for a little bit see everybody and my mom ended up getting really unwell and had a heart attack so I thought I'm just going to stay home with her you know do things here and I started just doing some open classes and and that just ended up becoming more and more and more and it turned into me starting the studio which was Crazy for me because it wasn't like, you know, throughout my growing up, I was always like, I'm going to own a studio. I want to be a studio owner. That's my, you know, big dream. It was just always about me and my dancing. But yeah, it just ended up happening like that, but I wouldn't, you know, change it for the world. I think, you know, I've always loved teaching and I think I'm such like, I always want to look after everyone. So I feel like I was probably always going to end up going down that road, like even though it wasn't a plan, but as soon as it started to roll into that, I just haven't looked back. It's just became about the studio you know (laughs) life has become about the studio
1: yeah absolutely and you've created such a successful studio what looks to be especially on social media and on your website and in the industry such a successful studio out in Australia so I'm curious I know you said you came to the states were you like were you always thinking you'll eventually end back in Australia or were you hoping to call the states home In that
2: moment, I was like, I just, you know, I love it here. And I just loved that there were so many opportunities. But, Mm. you know, when you're in that moment, and it's about you, I think, you know, that's what you want to do. But after being home and starting the studio, like it just became, that was just always, I think, going to be the plan for me. And now, and then once you have a family, and I have my kids, and You know, I feel like I'm starting to get, like, I've just got my US working visa in the last six months. So now I'm sharing my time between both. And I think I love that. Like, I've had the studio for so long, but it's really important, I think, now to keep something for myself. Like, I feel like I'm always, you know, inspired and I'm bringing that back to the studio as well. And I'm loving now getting to work with different dancers and, you know, be part of both scenes. And I think I'm bridging the gap too for Dance Force. Like, I'm, you know, being able to bring so many mentors now From America into Dance Force and, you know, taking groups over and having those connections there, I can give my kids so many more opportunities. And it doesn't seem so big, like when they're dreaming big, that it's actually a possibility. You know, you can make a life outside of Australia and it's, it's wonderful. You know, you can do both. So, wow.
0: And how many years have you had the
2: studio? 17 years. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So I've had the studio for 17 years and that started like when we first started, it just became like a rec school. And then a few years in, we started, you know, really stepping into the competition scene. And then in 2011 was when I started our full-time pre-professional training program. And then recently, two years ago, I started a high school academy. Mm. So instead of going to regular high school now, the high school kids come to us instead. So they do like three hours of school in the morning with a high school teacher Mm. and then three hours of dance after lunch. And then they can obviously stay and do the night competition classes as well if they're wanting to do that extra. But The parents seem to really love that because they're also getting so much time, more free time, and can have. You know, a lot of the parents are like, "I haven't, we haven't had a family dinner with our whole family, (laughs) you know, in years." Because generally, the kids go to school all day and then they go to dance all night. Whereas, because they're doing so much dance during the day, they can have a night off or, you know, have two nights a week where they don't dance. Then their families are like, "This is insane! Like, we haven't been able to spend any quality time as a family in such a long time."
1: I mean, um, I, n- I remember that.
0: <laughs> we never eat dinner yeah. together.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, what's a family totally. dinner? Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're each eating in the car. Yeah, exactly. Fast food up in, the in the car. in the microwave,
2: 9.30 yep. or drive through. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: so, for, your, for the high school program, I'm really curious did you have to partner with local schools or is this sort of a private
2: school, homeschool? So, we partner with something? like a distance education provider.
0: Mm.
2: Okay. And so they provide all the work and they do all the marking and everything, but we hire an actual high school teacher who comes in okay. and they're in charge. Cool. Of the, and so they do all the liaising with the, with the schooling, liaising with the parents. You know, wow. they have everything, all their work rate calendars set up. And so nobody misses any assessments. They're dealing with all of their exams. And wow, right.
0: when yeah. you started that, did it start with kids that were already at your studio? And do you have? kids who just came from out of wherever and yeah. said oh this sounds yeah. cool let's so that's do this
2: the same as out like with our high school and our full-time so we only take one group of kids for each and they audition to be part of it like with our full-time we probably have about 400 people audition usually wow. throughout the year and we only take 50 so wow, it's great wow. because a lot of them too it's such a learning I know we haven't probably dived in I'm jumping to full-time <laughs> a but yeah like I think it's such a learning thing for them. So do you want me to talk about how full time runs while we're on this? Yeah, I would love love
0: to hear about it. Yeah. So I think I think in we we hear about it a little bit, at least on the podcast, like we've in five seasons, we've had, you know, a few guests here and there just like, say it or you hear it about it. You know, I have friends that I worked with from Australia who talk about it. And But like, it doesn't feel like I have, we have nothing to compare it to here. So I'm so excited to hear about what the heck it
2: is. (laughs) Now I'm working a lot in America there. People are always like, what do you mean? What's full time? What's this thing they do after school? So 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 once they finish school, they will will audition for for our course and they come. And this comes at
0: what grade level?
2: So usually we take anyone after 16, so they can come after year 10 or after year 12. And so they do train five days a week, 8.30 till 3.30 every single day of the week. So it's coming like they're coming to school. And when they're auditioning, we only take like people that we really think are going to have a chance to make a career out of it. You know, like it's a big mm. commitment for families. Like a lot of people are moving from interstate to come to us. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's a big, it is a big thing for it It cost a lot of money for people to completely move. So we yeah. want to make sure that if we're taking them, that we're going to hopefully be able to help them. Take the next step, you know? Yeah. But it's just intense training. They have industry professionals coming in in all different genres.
0: Is this something that takes the place of college or is it pre-college or so, how, what does that decision because look like? In
2: Australia, it's very different. I know in America, like, the dance in college is great, whereas in sure. Australia our dance programs in college are not great. Uh, so you okay. can't really go to study dance at college if you want to be a professional dancer as such. There's no, There's not really those kind of programs like if you want to be a teacher or a, or a dance teacher in a high school and things that that's what you go to our universities for but there's not really mm-hmm. you're wanting to be a professional dancer we don't really have the courses in our colleges to make that happen like you'd have to be going to college and then trying to go find a studio
1: right
2: to dance so, okay, at, you know side, kind of. on the side yeah. to make that happen so it's kind of a bridging year and I think yes we want the dancing to be great and we want to push them and make sure they're the best dancer they possibly can be but they also grow up so much. Like it's usually a lot of their first time away from home. So they're learning how to look after themselves. You know, oh, I've got to cook for myself. I can't just drive through and get food every day. So I'm not going to be able to dance great if that's the case. You know, so many things they learn about how to look after themselves and how to grow up. And I think rather than just them getting thrown out into the big wide world, because too at that point they're only eighteen. Like so they're still young. They're still babies. So I think being able to guide them, you know, and we really get to spend that time and be like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? You know, and someone might be like, I want to do a cruise ship first because I really want to save money to then work out where I need to relocate. But I'm obviously, my parents can't afford to give me $30,000 to go and relocate to London or relocate to right. America. Uh-huh. So, you know, and we find out all of what their goals are going to be and help them try and get there. And, you know, like we had Sean and we did a show run for them the other day, like bringing cast, actually bringing casting directors in, you know, and trying to help them prepare for that next step. Is really what it is, and I think a lot of times when they're in their after-school programs, they pick and choose what they want to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they might be like, well, "Well, I'm not a hip-hop dancer, so I'm going to do right, just right. L- contemporary and lyrical." Whereas when they're in full time, they don't get a choice. Like they are yeah. becoming versatile, no matter whether they like it or not, because yeah. they don't <laughs> get a choice. You know, they're having to sing, they're having to tap, like they're having right. to do everything. So it's it is super intense. Like it's super intense, but it's so rewarding. It's like We see the most ultimate like crazy transformations from that year of full-time, like when they're training so intensely with so many different mentors and it's great. And then for our full-time students, we put on a grad tour. So we tour Australia and New Zealand with this, with our show. For them, we go to all the capital cities and it's just been the most incredible experience. I know I said about, I think we've been doing it six years now and I said to my staff six years ago, I really want to tour this show. And they're like, oh, crazy. You want to take 50 huh. kids like on a tour around <laughs> Australia? <laughs> wow. And I was like, Yeah, I want to make it happen. I think it's so incredible, not like a incredible learning experience for them. You know, they're getting to a theatre and we get it's there. True. Oh no, like there's no wings for this side. We're going to have to readapt the show. Oh, we get here, there's not enough space on the stage for this. We're going to have to repattern. You know, and then the next day we travel to the next city, we turn up to the next venue and it's completely different again. Oh, we can't do that one here or that doesn't work here. Mm. And then being able to think on the spot, reach, it's just such a learning experience for yeah. them. You know, travel day, show day, travel day, show day. a mm. you uh, getting enough yeah. sleep? It's real. It's real preparing? life. <laughs> totally. Um, but also so it's been able for me to give them so many more opportunities because I can invite all the VIP guests in every state they can come and see what new talent's coming through you know smart and so many of them have got so many amazing opportunities just from being able to do this tour and be seen in front as they're trying to make their way into the industry like they're getting seen doing Mm. every genre at their best you know and sometimes because sometimes you might walk into an audition room and just not have a great day that day you know, but it's yep. so great for so many casting directors and people to be able to see you in your best light, looking great, you know, feelings to confidence. So it's been such a, yeah, wonderful experience. We're actually in Hobart wow. right now on our <laughs> tour. I got a show in Hobart tonight.
1: Amazing. Yes. I, I love wow. the touring idea of this. I mean, like I yeah. have so many thoughts really and smart. things I want to say and in complimenting you on this full-time program and, and, I know we briefly talked before I hit record, but like for all of our listeners out there, it sounds like there's a, I know you're not the only studio that offers a type of full time, like bridging the gap year type of program to students. And that exists a lot out. Like, I mean, do you, you probably know better than me, like how many other studios are doing that? How many competitors essentially do you have in that space?
2: There's a fair few. Like, we have probably three in our kind of state. And then there's more in Sydney, down in New South Wales, um, a couple in Melbourne. So there's a few in each state, but everybody kind of runs their full time a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. it all works. Like there's enough kids to go around for everybody and everybody, you know, fits somewhere. You right. know, like I'm sure we're not going to be the right fit for everybody and then other studios are not going to be the right fit for everybody. So I feel like the kids audition for everywhere, come and see and they're like, sure. oh, that feels right for me. You right. know, that yeah, that's the right family for me because it is for them. It needs to be a family for them. They've left their own family to come and, you know, they right. spend pretty much every waking minute with you. So you kind of, I think that's what I love about it too. I kind of am 50 people's mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, plus your whole other. You know, the whole whole rest of them. Totally. The first term, you get all the messages like, I'm a bit homesick today. I'm like, you're going to get through it. You're fine. Like,
1: (laughs) I really I think the tour is such a smart idea because, as over here in the States and with many uh, college programs, usually there's some type of senior showcase, you know, when the dancers are ready to graduate. And, but usually that takes place wherever the school is located they don't like bring mm-hmm. that to you you know so like it's, that's how
2: it always was here too like you just did your yeah. end of year showcase in your hometown and yeah i was just like you're, like hope the casting directors
0: show up like everybody's grandparents came <laughs>
2: yeah totally and and that's it's so hard
1: yeah like are you really getting exposed to the people that you're supposed to for that
2: totally and for the kids too I'm like you know of course in your hometown your family and friends are going to come and they're going to love it yeah. no matter what but are you going to be right. able to put on an amazing show and do an amazing performance that the general public are paying for and are going to enjoy it that's you know true. so yeah. you can't you can't just be all right when it's you know yeah it's like us I always say to them like when you go and watch a show you're going to judge it you know you're going to sit there and, yeah, watch it and totally. have an opinion so you got to remember that's what's coming to watch you so it, it's great for them like puts them in a bit of a high pressure situation and the and they a, it a
1: taste of what like you said what it's like to be on tour if that ever yeah. is a part of their you know professional yeah. career which one-nighters all right let's get
0: back on the bus y'all yeah, let's go pack legit. up your hotel <laughs> yeah, room like sure. you know the sure. tour
1: life is a whole a whole new world in itself
0: Well Nicole I have just this is just a question cuz I like history how long have these full-time programs sort of been around were they around when you were graduating like is this a new thing is this a historical thing
2: when I was graduating, there was only like two in Australia. Like there was only okay. one in Sydney and one in Melbourne. There's always been like full-time ballet programs more mm. than commercial to sense. start because I think with ballet, you know, you're doing it so much younger. So I think sure. there's always been those programs because generally in Australia, by the time kids are 14 and 15, they have left home and going to Europe or something, you know. Right all the states if they're really wanting to take ballet seriously so there was always more full-time ballet programs at the start but yeah then everything just just taken off and it's just become the norm for most people you know
1: attention all dancers looking for some outside expertise to fine-tune your dance before hitting the competition stage this season then check out IDA's online judges critiques Our seasoned judges will provide you with a video critique of your routine, just like you'd receive at competition. But with IDA's online judges critiques, we take it one step further with our post-critique additional feedback. Your judge will go through your routine again, pausing the video to give you even more detailed and personalized feedback. You can even request a judge that specializes in your style of dance. This game-changing service has helped countless dancers prepare for the competitive stage and is available year-round. With critiques starting at only $35, what are you waiting for? Click the link in our show notes or visit our website at com slash online critiques to learn more and submit your dance today. I have to say, like, I know that you were like, well, there's not really many colleges or universities out in Australia that can really give you what you need, the tools that you need to pursue a professional yeah. career. like. I'm not trying to knock all of the universities and college programs over here in the States. However, yeah. <laughs> there is a very, very small percentage of schools that are actually going to provide you with the tools that you need to walk yeah. into the professional world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this whole gap year con- program is going to start making its way in into the States a little bit more. I think it already is.
2: I think so too. Because I always think like my daughter, she's only 16, but she's just moved to LA now that um, i'm working back and forward and even you know i even look at her and her friends that i know have moved like she's made so many friends now that have moved from different places to la and i'm i always think that would be such a you know having a program like that where you are bringing the mentors in you know and giving them kind of a bit of purpose where they have to get be at the studio at a certain time and do them a certain amount of classes every day because i feel like it can be overwhelming when you're just 18 you know like when you're just absolutely not having any kind of guidance in some way you know shape or form and you know relying on yourself but the college programs aren't
1: setting them up for that either Is like what i'm like you know you spend four years of crucial time in your professional dance like when you become 18 like until you're 21 that's like crucial dance time you could be working for four years but you're like devoting four years to Yes, academics are important and yes, degrees are important. But like, are those schools yeah. actually giving you what you need? Are like, are, yeah. are they doing singing lessons? Probably not. Are you working on your resume? Yeah. Probably not. And it sounds like that in a yeah. one-year program, your kids are ready to walk into the professional world. That says totally. a lot. And I think and, that, and that's like, the
2: aim. That's what you want, you know, and because they're only just focusing on that and you're getting them because it's just that. That's what you're doing. Like I'm getting people to come in, working on them, how to build their own website, getting someone in. What's get the perfect resume? What size headshot do you take in? What photos are you taking? Are they appropriate? What's appropriate for a cruise ship photo? What's appropriate for a musical theatre photo? You know, you're really getting to dive into everything and make sure that they leave at the end of the year feeling like they're confident to step out into the world, you know, and also know how to communicate. You know, I feel like when you go straight from being with your family, you know, and a lot of times parents speak for their kids. Like when they hit full time, I'm like to the parents, look, I'm going to tell you, I'll always call you if I, if we need you, but I need the kids to communicate with me. That's part of this journey. Like they need to be able to communicate with adults. They need to be able to have those conversations themselves. Like you can't be ringing a casting director and being like, oh, my mom's going to call you or, you know, you, you need, they need to learn how to be an adult and they need to learn how to communicate properly. Cause I feel like these days they have so much on their phones and with their social media and stuff that. Sometimes their communication skills are lacking and that's something they really need to learn as well before stepping out into the professional world.
0: Learning how yeah. to write and an learning it like <laughs> in
2: 100%. a little a little
0: safe environment with somebody who is, you know, a pseudo mom. Totally. Right.
2: And that's what I say to them all the time. You'd prefer me to tell you? please don't send an email like that. Like someone's (laughs) going to think that's really unprofessional, you know, or Uh you prefer me to be telling you all that through this year rather than that be the reason why you don't book that job, you know, because they think you're not ready for that or, you know, we'd prefer to fix those mistakes in that year before setting you out into the big wide world for you to make them on your own, you know.
1: I love it. Well, congrats on that because I'm just like, I'm just so intrigued and impressed by it because truly it's just, it's a new thing out here. There's like, Two, pro, three, maybe max programs yeah. that are still kind of working the kinks out too over here. Like, yeah, I don't really yeah. think they have it figured out either. I hope maybe they're going to
0: listen and learn a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of gotten into the professional, like pre professional side of things. Why don't we pivot all the way back to your baby Ready Set Dance program? Because I noticed that on your website that you guys have a pretty robust um, children's program as well at your studio.
2: Yeah, that's just for toddlers. The Ready Set Dance program is just for toddlers. Um, which is a great stepping stone. It's like a play-based program. So the kids really love that before they jump into, you know, they kind of move from there when they're six, five or six, Mm, start school. So it's like a pre, like preschool program. Mm -hmm. And then they jump into our regular program from five or six. And that's where they kind of pick whether they're, going into the recreational stream or do they mm. want to audition for the competition stream? Mm. You know, and obviously throughout their years, they, a lot of kids starting the rec program, their parents are like, no, 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 not the comp scene. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> We'll stay over here. <laughs> we'll stay over here, but then, you know, always start to get more interest and end up jumping over.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. So with your, so you can audition uh, for your competition team and yeah, everything or yeah. the competition so, track, I guess.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we have that all the way through from six to 18. So. Amazing. Yeah, but I think we run our competition teams. I don't know how it works in Australia, in the US a lot of the time, but with our competition stream, like our, each age group only works an hour a week, like on their competition routines. And then all the rest of their classes are just like training routines, like training classes. Whereas like, I think (laughs) a lot of the other, (laughs) that is not how (laughs) it is here most of the time (laughs) in Australia, like their jazz class is just working on their jazz routine and like, you know, their lyrical classes working on their lyrical routine. Whereas with us, our the jazz, if they're doing their jazz class, the competition tip, it's a jazz class. They're learn, they're doing a warm up, they're doing technique, and they're learning a combo. And same with the lyrical, same with contemporary. And we've always run it like that. But I don't think a lot of other people do. But I don't know if it's because we have full time, and I think I'm trying to teach the kids from a young age that it's not just about the competition win. Like you're never going to go to an audition and go, I won the 10 years jazz section, you know, (laughs) it's awesome, (laughs) but it's not going to help you along the way, you know, like I'm trying to make it because I feel like we get kids that join us so late and they're still struggling, like they're not confident in picking up choreography in a class or, you know, so we're trying to build that, that it's just an easy transition. If they decide later on they really want to take this further and do it as a career, that it feels normal for them. You know, they have their own style, they're confident, picking up choreography that they're not all of a sudden getting to 16 and all of a sudden being like, oh my goodness, like I've never done this before. I've just been getting my routines drilled every week. Like I don't actually right. know how to pick up fast and add my own style and put my performance on top of it, which everyone wants from me right now. And I've never done it. <laughs> right? right. But, and I think it's hard in Australia because we don't have conventions right. as much as mm, right. in the U S that's what I think we're missing. The most here, like that's what when I bring groups of dancers to the US, like being in a convention room is so great. You know, being with so many yeah. other dancers, making different friends. Like it's not all about the competition, and you know, like mm. I'm like you guys could probably share a room in, for a job one day. You're not right. always in competition, you know, right. like right. But we don't really have a lot of that in Australia, which is it's sad for our kids to not get to experience that. I think if you don't go to a, the US a, a lot as a kid. It's something that they really missed out on. Like we have the Australian Dance Festival, which is awesome. And, you know, a lot of studios go and most people go and it's great. But still, like a lot of the teachers, it's not like, oh, my God, I'm going to get someone I've never had before. Or, you know, that it's so rare. A lot of the teachers still teach in their regular studios. And like it's not like when you're going to, you know, I always used to bring the kids to Pulse when Pulse was around back in the day and you know like they'd be so excited to they'd walk into the room and it'll be Brian Friedman and people that they just don't get to have in their regular class. I think that's what's so exciting when you're going to a convention in the states that you're going to always have someone different that isn't teaching you on a regular basis.
1: Yeah yeah I mean th- I think that's it's so interesting because I kind of just assumed that dance conventions existed everywhere at this point because they've gotten yeah. so big over here in the states yeah. like they're actually like Taking over the competition scene, where yeah, like yeah. all the like highly highly competitive studios, the very advanced studios, the ones that are producing those professional dancers, they're opting yeah. to go to the convention competitions versus the traditional competitions. And it, it's just yeah, how yeah. our our U.S. industry has evolved through the past fifteen years. Because when I was growing yeah. up, conventions existed, but there was like a handful it, of them, yes. and you know it yeah. was like you go, go go as an extra bonus. It wasn't like the priority. And now in the States, it's like, oh, I better go to five different conventions
2: in one year. I better
0: fly across the country to go to one. hundred percent. And I want to
2: be a protege and I (laughs) want to, you know, like all of those and be an assistant. (laughs) And there's so much more that comes from it over there that, yeah, I remember one of my students was an elite protege on Pulse and like, it was just, you know, the craziest experience for her. Like even that year of being able to travel around with them was just so epic for her. It's opened so many doors. Like she's just got her O one one visa, so she's about to move to the States great next year but yeah it's just I just wish it would take off here but I just don't know if we have the population really and Mm. the teachers because I think too a lot of our teachers yeah once they get to a certain point they all move overseas to work as well so we're always we don't have that losing your talent yeah we're always losing the amazing talent we have a lot of the time
0: it's
1: interesting
0: man I feel like it just takes like a core group of people who decide you know kind of like you did like I did this thing over here, but I'm going to come back here and do something amazing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. May- maybe there's that group of people And we that just are need to get the,
2: the parents on board, I think, mm, you know, because yeah. they're the ones that are paying. I think if you can just get the right. parents on board to be like, this is a great idea and it's great for the kids.
1: Well, I'm surprised. Right. I feel like it'd be easy to convince the parents and I could be wrong, but like, I'm sure all the parents watch on social media what's happening at, in the competition scene in the States I would yeah, assume. Totally. So I
2: just think it's just like, t- if it was a group of teachers that they don't normally have, they'd be like, Oh my I right. need to be there. I need to do it. You know? Yeah. It's just crazy. Like you guys even have genre specific conventions, like yeah, my daughter right. loves <laughs> going to like chaos and monsters. I'm like, mm. you know, like, where can you go and do like a whole convention of hip hop? Like that's so awesome. That's, that's
1: so true. I mean, we take it for granted. I don't even like think about it like that, I you know? know so yeah. to hear that, you, that's how y'all yeah. view it. It's like, Oh my gosh. Wow. We should be, so, all the dancers out yeah, there, so grateful. all the parents out there, <laughs> all the students and the studios, like, don't take advantage of the fact that you are going to, like, you have these opportunities here in the States that a lot of other countries yeah. don't have. So, make
2: the most totally. of every moment. And to work with mentors who everyone, you know, like their mentors and teachers that are teaching at these conventions in the US, it's really epic that kids are getting to learn from them and, you know, get the knowledge that they get from being in their class all the time. Like, I know. Kids in Australia would give an arm to be able to you know yeah, totally to be in the room with some of the people that are just a regular convention teachers you know yeah.
1: so let's go back to your competitive training program at your studio so I we, we yeah. know you have your recreational program and they can also audition if they want to become a competitive program and you said that they only rehearse each dance one hour a week, but then they it, the primary focus is the training which is so refreshing to hear and i'm really happy you mentioned that because like we were kind of shaking our heads like that that happens at some studios but not a lot of studios over here in the states yeah. because everyone's just prioritizing They're they're replacing the training class for rehearsal
2: yeah yeah that happens most of the time too i think especially since having full time that just made it just made the progression easier and i think because we're all in the same space the little ones too are seeing the full-timers and what they're doing and then Mm. they're seeing them go off into their jobs and they're going to watch and I think too it makes the parents understand too that this is all a stepping stone to that like which I think maybe it's hard if you're just got your competition kids at the studio that it's easy for parents also to get wrapped up in that we're dancing for that first place trophy and that's it you know like if you're not seeing the professionals go off constantly, the kids that you've watched, you know, because right. like, I think they yeah. watch them through the years and they're at all the concerts and they're at the competitions together, but then they see them go to that next step and, oh, they get a job. Oh, they can actually earn a living doing this, right. like, mm-hmm. that it makes the parents understand where you're coming from a little totally. bit too. And I've really never done it any different. So I've went. Well, I've always ran our competition team. So I think when people come to Dance Sports, they know that that's how it's going to be.
0: Right.
2: Right. You know, so they have an expectation they, that that's what they just how they're going to do it.
1: So how many like let's talk about, I guess, maybe like your highest competitive dancers, yeah. like the, the you yeah. know, the most advanced in your studio that are still competing. Yeah. What is like their weekly schedule look like? What what type of classes are required for them to be on comp? How many days of ballet are they taking? Like, tell us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> So our Opens Comp Team, which is like our 16 and overs kind of thing, they generally will do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights from 3.30 till 9 or every those three nights a week and they have, they don't get a choice. Like they have to do every genre. They have to do musical theatre. They have to do ballet. They have to do technique as well as like all their specific genre classes. And then we also, for the kids that aren't in the high school academy yet, like that still go to regular high school, we do a program that's on a Friday And it's just a part-time program. So they usually come in and we work in conjunction with their school and they do a certificate three, which for us it can class as a subject for them. So they go to school Monday Mm. to Thursday, come to us on a Friday and they dance 8.30 to 3.30, which is great because I normally fly in an industry professional on a Friday to work with our full-time high school academy. So then they get to work with them as well. They get different teachers that they don't normally have on their regular night classes so they're always guest teachers so they're getting they're getting kind of the best of both worlds. they are still getting that extension on top of their mm, regular night that's classes, awesome but they're still at school you know if they're really academic and really you know that's mm. their focus as well they can still extend themselves but still be at school
1: so are there dancers who so do awesome. school monday through thursday do classes yeah. at night
2: and then part-time on friday day
1: friday interesting yeah. that's cool
2: yeah, yeah. And I a lot of the that. schools it's like are a work study with almost. that, yeah. Yeah. which is great. And even the, you know, the parents are like, it's good for us because it's a bargaining tool with the kids. If they're like, I don't want to stay at school, you know, like dancing's mm-hmm. my, dancing's where <laughs> I want to be. But they're like, well, if you stay at school, you know, you can have the day off on Friday right, and dance right, all day, right. dance boss on Friday. You know, they have a little bargaining tool to keep them going. So
1: that's great. I was just reminiscing on my senior year in my school. I went to a public school in the States. But, um, you know, once you get like, at least here, once you get a certain amount of credits and you become a senior, you can kind of like right. do half days or something to just yeah, get yeah, your final, yeah. you know, academic classes. So I would do essentially that. I would like take a half day on Friday and go train at a university. So yeah. it sounds like a similar program, but it sounds like they're it's being offered younger, yeah. obviously, yeah, freshmen yeah. and things. So. Cool, love that. Yeah, you have it all. Really we neat. we need to we need, <laughs> truly, we need to do all of these things over here in the states. I hope studios are listening.
0: <laughs> well, so okay, so all, that being said, how how big is your facility? How many staff members do you have, and how much do you personally teach on the weekly?
2: Yeah, so uh, we have five studios in nice. our building. I have about thirty staff.
0: Oh wow! And like with
2: guest teachers as well. I try, like, every year I'm, like, I'm going to step back on teaching. Like, I always (laughs) say to the kids, like, don't you want someone new and cool? Like, (laughs) (laughs) surely, like, you're over me. Like, some of the kids have had me for so long. But I try to say every year I'm going to step back, but I still end up, like, I'm there most days. I usually teach Monday, Wednesday, all the way through in the night, and I teach full-time and academy and part-time. During the week, but I'm generally at when I'm even not teaching, like if I'm not in America, I'm usually at the studio from 7:30 yeah. in the morning till nine at night. Oh my God. I'm there with the full-timers during the day. And
1: I was going to say, like, I always say that being a dance studio owner is a, like is an extra extra crazy full-time job because like, mm-hmm. yeah, like a full-time job, you work 40 hours a week, and you you know, you go to your nine to five and you have your evenings off. Yeah but dance studio yeah. owners work at night. they're actually on their feet teaching most of the time. And then administrative yeah. businessing
2: during the day. So it's like a. And there's everything else. Like you're like, you, you know, you, right, you put so life. many hats on, you know. Yes. Like, like, yes. Especially like, when you're your a mom, time right. sort of away, you're there. mom. You're their mom. You're their like financial advisor. You're their, you know. <laughs> Counselor. How am I going to have enough money for food this week? But, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I've always said, I think that's the difference with our studio. Like it, it is. I know it sounds cliche, but we are like just like a big family. And I've always said the minute I don't feel like I can put that much effort into keep it feeling like a family that I won't do it anymore. You know, I feel like that's the special part of it. Like it's always been it's always been that for me. Like I I love the kids and I love to see them succeed and not just from when they're there like I even with us like I still am in constant contact with our very first year people that do full time you know, in 2011, every job they get, they're still on the first one on the phone being like, oh my God, I just booked this. I just booked this. And it becomes a big family, like people that, you know, someone will go, oh, I just got a royal contract. And then within five minutes, everybody that has done it previously is like, I'll be in rehearsals at the same time. Let me know when Mm. you get there. I'll (laughs) show you where the grocery stores are. And it's a constant, you know, big family. And yeah, that's what I love about it the most, I think.
1: I love that too, (laughs) because uh, I feel like that Like we kind of talked about with the whole, like, leaving home and breaking in, maybe a handful, like, one, two people, like, at the same time that you're graduating from your home studio might want to pursue a professional career. So you don't really have that base to go back to and connect with, whereas if you go to, like, a full-time program, you're meeting Fifty other dancers who want the exact same thing as you and probably gonna be at auditions totally. with and be your support system. Totally. And, you know, that's that's yes. nice to have. Like I know even from my experience, and I know Leslie, I guess in your sense, like you actually had your college friends who were all probably moving to New York. You're gonna be like right. graduation, here we come, see you in New York in, you know, six months. Like Yeah, in a few months. Yeah. And like for <laughs> me, it was like I didn't go to school and I was I graduated from my my studio here and just like moved to New York and just figured it out. And it was really hard because I knew a few people in in, in New York, but like I was really relying on them to like help me and it's not their job to help me. Like, you know, like of course as friends, but I don't know. It was just, it would have been nice to have something to kind of bridge that gap. I, I wish that I had something like that.
2: Yeah, it does. It makes such a difference. Like it's like they're all connected, even if they're years apart they're still all connected through each other oh you went to dance force oh my gosh i'm
1: your four you're you're one no way
2: like yeah 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 one of my old students she's so funny she's now a uh, rehearsal director with celebrity and she goes i feel like i'm like the og of dance force so people like now they're coming Uh in like fresh on the job and they're like you went to dance force because she's like i'm definitely old now they're asking if i actually even went to dance (laughs) were they around when you were there (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: Hey parents, do you have a tiny dancer between the ages of 7 to 10? Are you looking for a thrilling new way to level up your dancer's technique and training? Well, look no further than Francisco Gala DanceWorks Mini Mania, the ultimate dance intensive for young dancers. Mini Mania provides top-notch training in the technical and artistic aspects of dance from experienced professional educators. Your dancer will train in a variety of classes, including ballet, jazz, hip-hop, musicality, dance history, modern dance foundations, and so much more. And parents, get ready to join in on the fun with enlightening seminars and class observation opportunities, where you'll get to cheer on your tiny dancers as they flourish in class. Francisco Gala Danceworks is hosting two Mini Mania intensives in 2024. Take your pick from Mini Mania West in Los Angeles, California from March 1st through the 3rd, 2024, or Mini Mania East in Miami, Florida from May 31st through June 2nd, 2024. Class sizes are kept small to give personalized attention with only 35 dancers per class. All dancers must audition to be considered, so don't miss out. Head on over to franciscogulladance.com today to learn more. Thank you to Francisco Dance Danceworks for being our Season 5 Premier Sponsor. So, tell us about competition life out there. I'm curious to learn about that. I know you've said that there's not really many conventions, so you don't attend those because yep. there's none to attend. So, what about the competition <laughs> life? How many scheduled competitions are you going to? Do you, is there such thing as nationals out in Australia? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Like, Are comps different than what you know about comps in
2: the U.S.? Yeah, yeah. I think the competition scene in Australia is we normally do four, like, regular competitions, group competitions throughout the year, and then one national finals. But I think with the groups, like, I know some of the the cost of how we pay for our group competitions is so different to the U.S. I know some U.S. comps have tried to come out and do group competitions in Australia, which we would love to attend. But getting the parents to pay how it's paid, oh, really? you know, in the U.S. is different. Like in Australia, we don't pay per dancer, per group.
0: Oh, you just pay for the group? We just pay for the group. Okay. And it's like, like a one $40 feed. a group. What? Oh. You know, what? You know what I mean? It's like $40 a <laughs> That's the why they group. don't want to pay. So
2: the studio owners are like covering that <gasps> cost. Do you know what I mean? Like the studio what? owners are generally just entering all the competition. So when you're part of a group, the parents in Australia are paying for their training, you know, in the studio. But outside of that, the studio's owners are really taking on that cost of, of really? the end because it's not that much. So then, you know, I'm thinking if, if our kids are in seven routines and an American, an American competition's coming out and I was like, oh, parents, it's $80 per student Mm-mm. per routine. The parents are going to be like, you know, no. absolutely not.
0: They would never. We no. might as well take a vacation to the States, not yeah. a dance competition.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's so, It it is really hard to like, you know, for them to come into this market because even though I would be like, it's going to be great, like it'll be so great for you because you're going to have different adjudicators and you're going to have different judges and it's going to be a different vibe and it'll be so awesome. You know, when parents are going, oh, but that's going to be $600, you know, to enter. Um, Oh, my God. When they've never had to do it before. The
1: parents listening right now on this podcast from the States are probably freaking out. They're all about to buy tickets to Australia and move there (laughs) to continue their kids' competitive training (laughs) because the expense, I mean, it's truly astronomical. My mind is blown.
2: How much is a solo in
1: Australia to compete?
2: To compete, probably about $80, maybe. I mean, that's... Okay. That's
0: So it's cheaper to do a... Or it's more expensive to do a solo than it is to do a group.
2: Yeah. Which yeah. it should like be. If you were but... just doing it at, at a regular competition, if you were just doing it at a regular competition kind of thing, sometimes it can be like $30, $20. Like okay. What? Yeah, like I'm talking about if you're going to national finals, it's probably like $80. <gasps> so but So a regional, you know.
1: technically, a regional is like a $30 entry fee to do a solo.
2: Yeah. It's at least like
1: it's at like one twenty <laughs> to to one fifty. <150 laughs>
2: I know and costume. I think too that's the difference. Like in Australia you'll see kids that'll come out and have like eight solo routines or 10 solo routines, you know, they'll do a solo in every genre because Mm -hmm. because you can. Baton twirling, fire breathing, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, whereas you're, like, you know, you're going to pick just your best genre because it's so expensive. Well,
1: I mean. Well, people
2: over uh, here spend the money because who knows how. Pretty much every kid has a solo. But I think it's slowly starting to, you know, we always end up following suit. Like, you Mm, know, at some point we always end up following suit. So it's just the way it's been done here forever, I think, the group. Right side of things oh that's um, so
1: interesting it's so how many how many entries are you registering when you attend as a studio to an event with your competition team
2: probably usually about 40 groups like 35 to 40 groups that's not a lot how many dancers are on your team so we would have an our opens groups would probably do eight routines each comp mm-hmm. and then same thing like each age group would do the same okay. yeah but because we audition them yeah i know like you guys have certain different like Everyone will audition for certain routines. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a bit different back home. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not small groups and large groups as much here. It's just like you're that age okay. group. Oh, I see. Specific.
1: Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it depends on like the yeah, studio and then the size solo too. Entries
2: just do the parents do their solo entries themselves, so oh. it's not part of the studio here. Like I know oh, at some conventions in the US, like you'll get assigned. Like I always think, oh my goodness, how would I do that if I was assigned? You know, uh, you can only have 15 solo spots. I'm like, how would I pick? Yeah, like, which ones do you pick? That must be so yeah. hard. Like, I always think that must be so hard for studio owners yeah. in yeah. the U.S. We have talked to, about you know, that. Because, like, you obviously don't want to pick. You don't want to have to pick. Like, yeah. So that's the, in Australia, like, I, our our parents just do. They can do as many or as little solo comps as they want, as long as it doesn't clash with, you know, any of their team stuff. Oh, I don't nice. mind. Yeah, that they just do however many or however little comps they want to do
1: on the studio, and especially after talking to other um, studio spotlights, and then even just friends in the industry of how how do you select when you, there's a limit for the specifically? It's usually yeah. with just the convention competitions that limit the yeah. regular competitions are. They'll take anything. They'll even extend the yeah, day to yeah. like <laughs> start on Wednesday if they have to because they will yeah, t- accept yeah. anything. But the convention comps have to kind of cater to. They have less time to compete. In the weekend. Yeah,
2: for sure. And which is totally understandable as well.
1: And I think like, I think if I remember correctly, and I, well, I don't, I don't want to say who, because I can't remember which studio spotlight, but. Someone said that they just kind of divvy it out um, at the start of the season. Yeah. So they have like 50 soloists. Yeah, All yeah. right, you 20 are going to do it at this one. You're going to 20 do it at this yeah, one. So- yeah,
2: because I always used to think that must be so hard to like have to be like, oh, well, you can't do a solo at this time, you know, and it's not your choice. You know, yeah. it's like you've been given a number and you've got to just roll with it. So. Yeah,
1: and I think that's why a lot of studios still are hanging on. Not that you shouldn't be hanging on to regular competitions. Regular competitions yeah. in the States are great for great us. Still. But yeah. especially a lot of studios have specifically said, like, due to the restrictions of the amount of entries they can enter into conventions, they still want to keep a handful of regular comps on their schedule so they can yeah. make sure the whole studio can compete. Everyone does yeah. their solo, all the groups type of thing. And, like, that's a huge perk of of the regular competitions.
2: Yeah, totally. And the kids can get something from everything, you know. They oh, learn different things from both regular competitions and conventions. Do you all have levels over there? No oh not really another layer um like we'll always have a we'll always have a novice section which is just like people's first comp of the year do you know if they've never done a competition before there's generally those sections but most of the time it's just a you know everyone's the same
1: Mm -hmm. love to hear it because you know the states is getting a little crazy with these levels levels. over here yeah
2: (laughs) yeah they've started actually doing it with the group competitions so i think some people that don't have full-time schools attached. So now here in Australia, if we go to a group competition, it's sometimes it'll be, if you've got one, even if you have one full-time student in your group, then you can't go in. They separate the sections. So it'll be full-time open age jazz group, non-full-time open age jazz Ah, group. But both, like I have lots of friends that have studios that don't have full-time attached as well. And they don't like it either because they're like, we want to be with, like we all want to go to a competition. And be yeah, together. Yeah. Like, no one right. wants to take their kids and spend the whole weekend of the competition to compete against no one. yeah You know, and yeah, that's sometimes totally. how it ends up. They split these yep. sections yep. in so many different ways that then everyone's, especially if you're traveling, like you don't want to go pay for mm. accommodation, travel, food away, and then you get there and you're, you know, you're against one other person, yep. you know?
0: Yeah. That's lame.
2: That's how it, that's how it ends up that's over here a lot. Yes. Yeah. So like Not quadruple great. the price and like, then
1: you're competing against yourself. It happens all the yeah, time. Yeah, and here.
2: nobody wants that. Like nobody wants
1: that. No, it's, it, our market's just gotten extremely saturated. And then everyone's trying to, yeah. you know, create the levels to cater to certain clients instead of just like, you know, I, so many people on our in the, over here are saying, get rid of levels. We don't want them, whatever. But yeah. then like the moment a competition would they would probably be like, I'm not going to that competition. Anarchy. Yeah. Yeah, You know, so
2: it's, it's tough. I feel like you're just never going to please anyone, you know? Correct. You're always going to have people that aren't, and you're not going to be able to please everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And as a business owner,
0: you definitely know that. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yeah. Well, this was such a
1: great chat. I'm, I'm loving learning about uh, the international dance scene and the dance studio scene around the world. It sounds like there's some similarities for sure. I, want to applaud you for um your emphasis on proper training it sounds like because like like you mentioned it's just so great to know that you are putting a highlight on taking a variety of styles and making and even for the competitive dancers like they have to take this they have to take that you don't
2: totally and i think if they do it, especially like things like singing and you know like we have when you get into full-time and you're all of a sudden happy you don't get a choice anymore (laughs) yeah You know, when you're 18, you're so much more self conscious, I think, about doing new things than when you're a kid. I feel like you have less fear when you're a kid. You're not as worried about being judged and, you know, you can just take on more things. So I think if it becomes a bit more normal when you're younger and they've tried, given everything a go, that it's not Mm -hmm. so daunting when they hit 18. And two, I think when you're young, you want to do what's cool and what your friends are doing not really, you're not really thinking about, oh, I might want to do this as a career one day. And you know, I want to have all the tools under my belt, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're kind of instilling that without them having to make the choice, oh my goodness, you know, it makes a massive difference.
1: Totally. Absolutely. I know I know, and I didn't mention this in your intro, but do you want to share any um, success stories of some of your students as far as where they've went? Because I think what's really interesting as far as like a different perspective coming from Australia, is like even your career led you to the States. So, is that the ultimate yeah. goal for a lot of professionals, or are they, is there enough work in Australia for them to be a professional dancer there?
2: Yeah, I think it kind of depends what your goal and your mindset is, and how, you know, what kind of opportunities you're talking to the kids about and everything. Like, I think, you know, for many Australians, their dream is to be in LA and book a tour and, you know, because we don't have that, you know, that I think that's a lot of kids, especially if they're commercial dancers, that's the big dream, you know, eventually the big dream for everyone. But of course, you know, there's got so many stepping stones that come from that. Like in Australia, if you are in musical theatre, that's probably the one job that's secure in Australia. Like you're going to book a musical, it's a, you know, it's a continuous yearly contract, you know, jumping from musical to musical, that's going to be awesome for you. But in the commercial world, Yes, there's gigs and yes, there's like The Voice or, you know, different shows, but it's not continuous. Like, I don't think in Australia you can be a commercial dancer and just solely earn an income from that. Like, you know, if people are doing that, they're generally teaching or doing a, you know, a regular retail job for the gig that's going to come, you know, sporadically. It's not, you can't really live here and do it, do that side of things permanently. So most people like, especially our kids, like I kind of encourage them to step out into the big world and, you know, like, and and at least you're going to be dancing every day. You've been training your whole life. That's what you want to do is dance every day. So I think that's made a massive difference. So a lot of our kids will either go when they're first 18, like fresh out of full time, or go on a cruise ship. We have so many kids on Celebrity, Royal, Step One, RWS, Disney. We also have kids that are in the Moulin Rouge in Paris, Crazy Horse in Paris. Love Crazy Um, Horse. I have a few kids that are yeah with Cirque du Soleil oh yeah um okay. I have a yeah one's in the Mad Apple show that's just started in Vegas that's been running for just this last year Blake one of my boys is just signed a contract to be Mike in Magic Mike in Vegas yeah. for the next year. <laughs> um Amazing. and Diana, another one of my girls she was in Mysteria but um in Vegas and now she's the mermaid in Magic Mike she oh. was on the tour and she's just joined the London cast of that cool. Yeah so it's it's all everyone just kind of steps over there and then a few of our dancers now just are getting their own ones and obviously moving to LA that's like the big dream for most but Is
1: it hard to
2: obtain your visa? It's it is hard. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's definitely hard like I just got mine last year but it's definitely hard like you have to have experience under your belt like you have to prove you know yeah. that you, you know you have so much experience to then bring to the u.s so it's definitely a process but i think it's definitely worth it you know and that's why i think you know i think just you can't always jump to that like you're going to have to have things on your cv yeah yeah before that right so So just
1: even you know taking that year to go to the gap year program the pre pro program and putting being able to put that on your resume to show like i I, you know i care i i'm committed i i do yes yes
2: Yes. that's great Yeah. yeah And two, if you know, like, especially now, we have so many people that have their own ones and things. So, you know, we're able to give them some advice on, you know, what they're going to need eventually to do that, you know, like, you can't just go, Oh, I want to move to LA. And that's going to happen. Like, you know, there's just, yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well, this was awesome. I'm, I'm so inspired. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, Thank you for uh, squeezing us in during your tour right now with your students. How exciting. Who's running the ship back home while you're on tour?
2: Oh, well, just my staff. So uh, they are all used to it now. This time of the year, every year, I'm always on tour. So it's kind of a bit of a pro- process now that's all locked in. And how long is the tour? Two weeks. Oh, nice. So we just awesome. have travel day, show day, travel day, show day for two full weeks. Wow.
0: Excellent. I love that. Well, well, yeah, have a great show tonight.
2: Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: No, well, Nicole, this was
1: fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We love having international guests from around the world over here at Making the Impact. and. For all of our listeners, I hope that you enjoyed hearing what it's like over in the Australian studio space and competition scene. And if you wouldn't mind sharing a final thought for everybody out there, you can speak to other studio owners if you have any advice to recommend to them. You can talk to any dancers out there, any of whoever you'd like to speak to and share just one
2: final thought with the world. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I just, you know, For me, it's always about the love. I just think dancers out there, like, you know, it's there's a time for everybody, and your time. Don't always compare yourself to someone else. Like your time will be your time, and everyone peaks at different times. So just always keep going. Like there's always something out there for everyone if you really want it. You know, if you work hard and you're a great human, there's going to be something out there for you.
1: We hope you enjoyed our studio spotlight featuring our very first Australian dance studio, Dance Force. Don't forget to follow them on social media. You can find them on Instagram at DanceForce. And if you'd like to learn more on their website,
0: visit danceforceoz.com.au or click the link in our show notes. Don't forget to follow Making the Impact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want more exclusive episodes, support our podcast by joining our Platinum Premium membership for only $5 a month. Subscribers receive free Making the Impact stickers, shout-outs live on the air, ad-free listening, and exclusive access to our Q&A episodes for members only. Join now at com slash premium, or click the link in our show notes.
1: Be sure to check out IDA-affiliated competition, Diva Dance Competition. Diva Dance Competition is America's live judging competition. Their live judging format is extremely unique in the industry. Dancers are asked to stay on stage following their routine. Each of the judges provided exclusively by Impact Dance Adjudicators will provide immediate feedback live over the microphone. This format allows for a very personalized educational experience where the dancers are able to apply their critiques immediately to their next routines with the purpose of improving as the day goes on. Something else that makes Diva different is that they are a competition with the cause. Diva was born as a way to raise awareness for the CDLS Foundation, a rare genetic syndrome that the owner's son, Jack, was born with. Jack was the inspiration for Diva, and you may be lucky enough to meet him at one of their upcoming events. And last but not least, Diva provides all routine photos and videos absolutely free. For more information on Diva Dance Competition and to register for an upcoming event, visit
0: their website at divacomps.com. Season 5 of Making the Impact is on a roll. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes, including pay rates in the professional world, competitions versus convention competitions, and continuing education for dance teachers.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep dancing.